You'll remember Garth Brooks did I heard Five him. Nights. Yep. <laughs> Familiar with I his work. I remember hearing uh, about that. show do you think works best in this arena as comedy i guess there's got to be differences between the arenas do you feel comedy plays well here or are we a creighton basketball town or concerts or it just varies by that's it i think the beauty of this facility is it accommodates each of those so well because for creighton basketball you're doing seventeen thousand people especially for a really good game for concerts yeah you're you have another ten thousand people in here people who may not come to creighton basketball games or sports events in general because this is more of their speed but then we'll also do really well with doja cat country concerts famously do well in this market too in fact some of them do back-to-back shows like eric church does back-to-back nights here and sells them both out luke combs back-to-back nights sells them out so the venue is really acoustically built to accommodate concerts of all genres and it does but also we do pretty routine updates in the arena to make sure that events like Creighton basketball which use a lot of our facilities and amenities are still top of the line and great experiences too yeah i think it was just it's been within the past six months that we updated the arena lighting it's been within the past couple years that we updated the sound system in the arena and so For that reason, if folks are traveling with their equipment or their stage set up, their speakers, et cetera, their soundboards, they still have a really great experience and access to the arena, but also the ones that come in here and utilize what we have still are able to put on world-class events. And so I did an episode on ChatGPT. They're still talking about it all over town in the world, the Mm -hmm. universe. But one of the questions I asked was, what was the greatest concert in Omaha history? And it answered back with Bruce Springsteen in 1984 at the Civic Auditorium. I don't even know if that happened or not, because that was like part of the thing with ChatGPT is occasionally it just makes something up or it... You know what it says I bet it actually been a great didn't show. exist. Yeah, <laughs> but I was thinking about that as I was driving over. Is there a show or a performance or something in the mecca behind the scenes that everyone thinks was the pinnacle performance or show or concert? What is the greatest show in this arena's oh, history? Oh gosh, there are so, you know it's because we just celebrated 20 years at yeah. this building, which is you look around and you're surprised to learn that too. Yeah, right. But I think it'd be hard to nail down which is right. the best one. But I'll tell you that I know to you they're all like your children, and you can possibly <laughs> I love them all yes, equally. Exactly. Yes, precisely. they're all expert. <laughs> they're all worth the money and the ticket. But right, if right. Others, yeah. Don't perhaps, sleep on any of yeah. the shows here. Yeah, exactly. But I think there is something. <laughs> really impressive maybe about the ability of this team and the traveling shows to do some of the back-to-back events that we have in the arena specifically. Certainly there's always mass amounts of turnover that happen over in the convention center that our team is integral making that happen too. But for something that the public might lay eyes upon and have an understanding of the nuance is when we do a Garth Brooks five shows in a row and the type of turnover that takes to be able to get seats cleared, get things cleaned up, get people back in the building. But I want to say it was, it's been within the past five years and I can't remember how there's maybe a sooner example, but what stands out to me is we had three back-to-back night shows. I forget the first one, but then the second one was Kevin Hart. And wow. so that, that means that there was a loadout and then a load in. 
And then the very next day, I think, was Shania Twain, or maybe I'm messing up the order, but that means, again, there was a loadout, yeah. and then a couple hours there was a load in. And right. that type of dance is important, especially if you want to keep your facility busy. And so you got to have a team that knows the back of house in and out, knows the procedures for getting things out efficiently and back in. We obviously lean really hard on the stagehand union to help make that happen to local stagehand union. And I think when I look at what really makes this building stand out, and certainly it's not unusual that arenas can help facilitate back-to-back events, but the ease with which this team makes it happen never stops amazing me. Yeah. And then personally, what was your favorite show or event that you've ever attended here? I saw Paul McCartney here, and that oh, was pretty wow. cool. Yeah. yeah. How do you get hard. better than a Beatle? Right. Man? Yeah. It's hard to top that. <laughs> And then even in the past year, oh, God, we had Greta Van Fleet here. And that was one that I remembered the last time they were in Omaha, they were playing Sokol or Admiral now. It was Sokol at the time still. And I was like, has enough time passed that they're filling (laughs) arenas? And that was a sold out show. And it you know blew me away yeah and i've seen lady gaga here all of these really blockbuster artists yeah. that now some of them are only doing stadiums <laughs> but we can say we knew them when exactly mm-hmm. so when you were putting we talked on the first podcast if you hadn't heard christina came on and gave a real great behind the scenes look at the development of the riverfront project and how amazing it is and it was right after it had opened and some interesting things so check that out but when you're putting together the planning, like how much is what you're going to do over the holidays a part of? Is that a formal part of this is where the Christmas tree will go? Or do you just know we've got enough space to do this over here and we'll figure it out later? Or how, how much, how extensive is the holiday program planning from even the development of the layout of the park? Yeah, the park's layout is designed for different size activation opportunities. So we are thinking about in some of our smaller spaces, how do we activate that and make the most use of what we have available in those bigger spaces? Is that where we're putting live music performances if we anticipate larger gatherings there? The beauty of the Riverfront's design is you can accommodate different levels of activity for different sizes of audiences. So for example, where we have the big holiday tree, the entrance of Heartland of America Park, There's also set up there, because there's so much space, photo opportunities where you can take pictures with some of the different decorations that our team has thought to set up. And then we'll also have spaces for arts and crafts here coming up. Like I mentioned, live musical holiday performances that will happen. So there's a ton to see. And in certainly understanding the landscape of that space and the best way to utilize it is an important part of what our programming team does, who are very talented, have great ideas, and think of all the best ways to capitalize on what it is that we can accomplish down and all throughout those 72 acres of space. Yeah. Is there anything that you personally have been surprised by, like really were as far as on the holiday side that you're really impressed by or particularly excited for people to see? Yeah, we saw just a glimpse of how beautiful the park could be during the holiday season last year with Jean Leahy Mall. Yeah, I think until you come and step foot down in the midst of all the decorations that our incredible team has had the opportunity to facilitate, you don't 
truly understand just how magical it is to be in that space. And it is made even better by the fact that the old market has all of their holiday decorations illuminated right now as well. Just traversing throughout central downtown Omaha, it's a really special time to be down in that space. And I think even I was overwhelmed at the feeling of how really beautiful our urban core can look with the right vision and certainly with a lot of really talented partners helping in the execution. Yeah. And we talked about too on the last one, it all is starting to come together or is coming together with Capital District, but from Old Market, even the Bob Carey Bridge and all that is a yep. it's very logical, I guess yeah. is the word that comes to mind for the me. The connectivity in, yeah. in downtown Omaha right now is just I think, and maybe I said this last time, but I think we had a special understanding of just how transformative the park renovation was going to be because we had the advantage of standing in it every day for four years during construction. Only when it opened and people were able to, for themselves, easily get from the old market over to Capitol District, over to North Downtown Omaha, did they understand just how it could absolutely change their experience in Downtown Omaha, how suddenly it's not quite so daunting to go enjoy a scenic stroll down by the river and then head over to the old market for dinner. Whereas before, I think just it was the design, it was probably intimidating to try to navigate it without any sort of previous experience. Now, along with the redesign of it, the line of vision has also been improved. So it, it becomes suddenly very obvious to you how you can capitalize on enjoying the whole space. Did Sandler say anything about it? I would have liked to have heard. I don't know if he had been in Omaha recent enough to appreciate the change of it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, so he in particular, we didn't get any feedback okay. on, on the park. Just from wondering. Him. That would have been um, cool, though, if he had. But I'll tell next you. Next time. Uh, was it this last spring, summer, when we had the Lumineers in town, we had a couple other artists, a couple of the band members down in the park and post a picture from it. And only from our own social media sleuthing, right? Because each of these, each of Mecca's venues has their own social media. Yeah. Did we notice that the Lumineers had posted from the park? Oh, uh, right. And so it, it is something that when, you know, we already knew because we have data that showed us, especially during grand opening weekend, that visitors came from all over the country to enjoy the park especially during that grand opening weekend. We continue to see it just by happenstance that people that obviously come in from all over the country because they are international artists playing at one of our venues are even finding their way down to the park to enjoy the scenery or take their family. Yeah. After our last podcast, I had been down there the day it launched, but the amphitheater Mm -hmm. you were talking about, I actually went back after our interview to specifically go see that because I didn't remember seeing it. And I think that day there was so much activity. It was, but what kind of thing, is there anything in the winter that'll happen in that space? Or I I find that a unique little part of the whole thing. Yeah. You, do you mean the Lakeside Amphitheater? Yeah. Yeah. So we at least immediately coming up with holidays. I know we're planning some live music. At this point, it is, I think, to be determined the exact location of that. It sounds like it was a little bit in flux with that. But that space is really ideally designed for things like acoustic performances. We think maybe author talks would be good down there. Yeah. Smaller type performances that have accommodations for a littler audience than something big like Maha. At least immediately coming up, we're looking at how that space could be utilized for holidays. It's also 
also very weather dependent with right. that too. We, yeah. As was with all of the Riverfronts programming. Yeah. But I think in the springtime, that's going to be a really special space for some of our local acoustic artists to be able to go down and play for just a couple hours like we saw over the summer and fall too, to appeal to their you know, established audiences and hopefully maybe lure in a few new fans. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as the wedding angle now, it, it's like you can do everything down here. Yeah. You almost wouldn't need a car or transportation in the summer to just go from restaurant, bar, old market down here, photos, the whole thing, back to yeah. maybe the capital district for a classier cocktail or something it's true it's just an overall kind of investment in the quality of life of our community yeah. the ease of accessibility of getting from one point to another with little frustration making it an enjoyable experience it's a little thing to i guess the project itself wasn't a little thing but it's a little thing to add grass and, and beautiful scenery to make for a much bigger feeling for anybody who comes down and, and traverses through the space I opened your first episode with a joke. I'll close it with this one, the second one with oh, this about that. I had, and I, it starts the episode, but I tell you that I do interpretive dance down there and that wasn't a sanctioned that event. That sounds like and, quite an activation. Yeah, yes. Exactly. I, I'm, when we talk about smaller audiences, yeah, exa- Tony, that might be. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was going to ask if now I'd like that. And oh, so a couple people thought that I was actually doing that and were telling friends. And and so then you yes, disappointed and, them when, well, when right, they went I'm down like, there and there was no interpretive that dance was a to be joke, seen. But well, now that's out there. Maybe now you've it was disappointed a man- your own fan base. I know. Yeah. Maybe it's a manifestation, but <laughs> is it okay with you guys if I interpretive dance down there? Or? Um, and <laughs> <laughs> now I've put the ball we in your probably court. Need, I probably need to have a. We need to mutually define interpretive <laughs> dance or what is interpretive about yeah, it. Uh, um, we welcome all expressions and art forms. Slam poetry at the amphitheater, perhaps. That, that would also be great. That and, be and, per, and perhaps maybe that would also be the ideal location for an interpretive dance. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> uh, we'll end it there. Leave, Christina it, leave your audience with that visual. That's I'm executive, sure they'll appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that's executive. I see why you've gotten as far as yeah. you've gotten. That's <laughs> on your feet, and you've minded the legal part of it, and it's masterful. Right. <laughs> I get it now. I'm impressed. I'm, yeah, as long as it's legitimized in your mind, then I know I've made it. Yes, yeah. that's all that counts. <laughs> Christina Engdahl, thank you again. Thank Appreciate you. it. Happy holidays. Same to you.